Welcome NFL Nation, this is the Fake Punt Podcast with Sunny and Vaz. This show is for all of you out there who do not have the time to watch every single game, every single Sunday. We are going to review them all for you, make our analysis all while you're on your way to work, at the gym or wherever you're listening to. So stay tuned. Okay, guys, welcome back. It's Fake Punt Podcast. Week 9 is in the books. Myself, Sunny and Vaz, my best friend over here, ready to talk to you about everything that has happened last week. So... Vass, without further ado, let's kick it off with uh, with a cheeky 49ers-Cardinals game. Tell me about it. Well, 49ers beat the Cardinals 28-25. You thought, okay, oh my God, it was very close to Kyle Murray actually breaking the streak. But um, 49ers move on to 8-0. Um, like, I want to talk about this game because I've been a little bit, like, I've been very critical of Jimmy Garoppolo himself mm-hmm. um, because I think he's a, a product of the system um, from Kyle Shanahan the same way Matt Ryan was in his MVP year okay, okay. Um, and it's been ve- a lot of very very open receivers which have been created by the system again sure. and he's been hitting them over and over and over again obviously there was a lot of that <laughs> there was a lot of that in this game as well and um, especially on two TD catches which I would say like they were just like you and me could have made that pass, right? Sure. But, but on critical third down, he has been very, very good. Like, um, this is probably his uh, uh, from from a technical QB perspective, from someone who is um, playing the Q, so from from a throwing ability, right? And from a reading ability, he's done in this game very, very well. Really, um, on third downs, he's seeing, he's going through the read progression. He sees the just slightly open receiver and he's putting it right on the money for where only he can catch it. So you saw some glimpses of what you would get with the 100 millions, right? Um, but also with that, there was some not so good um, <laughs> balls, deep especially. He's missing people deep. It's that, you know, it's that what I talk about every uh, every week. It's that QB throw, you know, that 10-yard comeback, that, you know, that 11-yard comeback, which is still a little bit of a struggle for him. Um, but I know he has the arm to do that. I think he just needs a little bit more practice. But he's like this game has been good for him. Okay. Yeah. yeah. On the whole, I think he performed very well. He came out with uh, what four touchdowns, no interceptions. Yes. He had a pretty high completion rate. Yes. Uh, Three hundred and something crazy yards. So I think he did very well. I mean, you can't Agreed. take that away from him. Would you and think? Like, the, I mean, you... the only undefeated team left in the league now. So. One hundred percent. So, like for me again, I'm just a guy who says, if you're gonna pay a guy hundred million. He's got to be top-notch QB being able to do everything. I think at this stage, he's not asked to do everything, okay? When he's asked, just very rarely in the game, he cannot do it yet because it's not the way the San Francisco offense is built, right? It's built around that uh, zone run. Do you want to talk about the zone run? Yeah, I mean, I'm more than happy to. We've already said it in the uh, in the previous, previous podcasts that... Um, it's a, it's a well-known fact in football. If you can establish a, a strong and dominant running game, yeah. you can put the pressure on the defense that way, then it really does open up all sorts with the passing game as well. Yeah. Um, Matt Breeder and, and Coleman, uh, Coleman didn't have such a great game, but Matt Breeder um, on only 15 carries was was pushing pushing at 80 yards. So averaging you know, over five yards a carry. And if you, if you can keep that going up through the rest of the season and, now, as we're getting into the into the second half of the of the regular season, uh, moving forward, they've already had that bye week. It will be interesting to see if they can put a bit more pressure on the running backs, put a bit mm. more 
bit more their way. Um, yeah. I think of the whole, on the whole, they had something something like thirty five yeah. rushing plays, thirty thirty five. I think plays. in the like anybody who's gonna watch the next week. Oh, they, yeah, they're off the bye weeks already. Um, just watch for the way they run into the B gaps. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they are counter plays, um, which are meant to sort of, which are designed as actually zone blocking plays, mm-hmm. right? So you would run the counter, and every guard would sort of had a zone. But what they do, because they have a very strong offensive line, which is very agile, physically fit, and can actually run. Um, what they do is they actually run a man blocking scheme on the zone runs. That obviously you know that take that you can only do that when you have a guard who can pull out quick enough <laughs> and Absolutely, actually yeah. and actually do not and not and not avoid the linebacker because obviously the linebackers are the more agile people sort of they sort of get around the guards but they actually hit every single linebacker so that's how they their running scheme is working right now um it's very much depending on the offensive line being very strong very agile and like it's very interesting to watch quite honestly how the way that offense um you know sort of flourishes on the other side um the cardinals I think you saw what Kyler Murray could do with a established running game. I think that yeah, was very yeah. good. Um, give a you know give a rookie quarterback a you know a good running game, 100 yards, 150 yards of rushing. He's gonna be in that game. Um, they only ask him to pass 24 times. Okay, for he did 17 completions, 241 yards, and two TDs. Um, he didn't give the ball away, which was good. Um, you know he got the ball into Kenyon Drake's um, in, in Kenyon Drake's hands. On the screen, so again, Kyler Murray, again the same thing. I have him with most rookie QBs. Mm-hmm. You know, can he actually go through the progressions, go the reads? But from what they have asked him to do here, you know, he's done quite well, and they could have actually taken the 49ers on this stage. Yeah, I think they could have. They drove it right down to the end of the game. And uh, was it Kenyon Drake? Is that the pickup that came from um, from Miami? From Miami as well. Which, yeah. And he had a great game out there. He had a really, really yeah. impressive. 15 yards, 15 yards, uh, 15 attempts, 110 yards, one TD. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, should we should we roll on to Miami then and talk about what happened out there? Because these guys, I don't even know if they're mad after. Are they happy or mad now that they've won? I, I know they got they got they got some points on the board. Um, what what did you think of this? Because for me, I didn't think either team put out a a particularly strong performance on the day. Um, it wasn't it wasn't particularly impressive from from the uh, from the Dolphins. I felt yeah. that. Uh, Fitzpatrick did his thing, bit of fixed magic. Uh, but really, I think the, the biggest thing was that it was just a very poor performance from the Jets' defense. Um, and Donald on the other side of the ball. I don't, I don't, I don't quite know right now what to do with um, with the Jets. Okay, so you would think they were having a good defense, but I don't know if they've just given up because the offense is not able to score points. Quite honestly. Um, I think Donald had a better game than the other games. That might be because that Miami defense is just atrocious, mm-hmm. quite honestly. Uh, he did have 260 yards, one TD, but still threw a pick against Miami. <laughs> yeah, um, Miami Bell. sold off literally all of their assets. So Yeah. I mean, Le'Veon Bell did all right, uh, 66 yards on 17 carries, which is just about four yards a carry, which is very good. I think... The problem you have, though, so maybe next week we yeah. won't see him. The problem you're gonna have now no, is um, this is something which is very like it's never been really in the NFL, which at least I have never seen since I've been watching it, where you have that many really poor teams. 
Mm-hmm. Like there's the disparity, can, the good and the bad is so. There's no yeah, yeah, I, ground, is there? I can I can make a case for five teams, or yeah, probably five teams really competing for the number one pick, where it's usually always the Lions and the Bears, the uh, Browns, right? Mm-hmm. So it's now it's coming up and up and more and more. Like I'm, like these are these are five teams, and I'm not even including Chicago into it, right? Um, I'm not including uh, Oakland into it. I'm not including uh, Arizona into it. So I feel like this, those are all teams which are so far away from being even remotely um, competable. Is that a word? Competitive. Competitive, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, they're not even able to compete. So like the five teams, 100% not. And I can put like another probably four teams on top of that, which are which are all which which are all teams which should be like sort of fighting for their number one pick right now. Mm-hmm. So. It's you don't know, right? You don't know. Are they really? Are they all trying to tank now, as good as they can? <laughs> well, I mean, the Dolphins have got to be careful. They've won this game. They've given up the number one pick to the Bengals. They're definitely in at number one now. The Dolphins have got two first-round picks this year from, um, well, actually, no, maybe more. Um, but yeah. they've got they've got their own first-round pick, which they're now yeah. dropping dropping down the table a little bit, picking up a little later. And they've also got yeah. the Steelers' first-round pick, which means that they're yeah, they're, they're going to be middle middling of the table as well. So with this win, they've actually done themselves a bit of disservice. Um, I just wanted to say about, as well about uh, Fitzpatrick, something that he's so hot and cold, isn't he? He's so sometimes he's an absolute wizard and sometimes he just gets it so badly wrong. But this uh, this this game, he threw three passing touchdowns in the first half. That is yeah. the first time that the uh, Dolphins quarterback has ever done that since. Dan Marino in 1986. No way. Yeah. What an unbelievable uh, achievement. No way. Fitzpatrick there. But again. How could you have given Tannehill so much money then? (laughs) Yeah, I know. I know. Anyways, we got to move on to this one, mate. Yeah. This is, it's again, it's a shitstorm right now. And there's nothing, nothing you can tell right now because you don't know if people, um, are teams playing on purposely bad or they're generally bad or what are you going to do right now? So it's just what we have. Absolutely. Where are we going to next? Which game are we at next? Um, let's have a look. We can go to um, lunch if you like. We can talk about the... Um, the destroyment. <laughs> the destruction, yeah. Um, we can destruction talk about- of Texans and, and, and of the... Obviously, we're always speaking about the Houston Texans destroying the Jaguars 26-3. Yeah. Um, again, we're not going to talk too much into the game because I think the Jaguars offense doesn't have the playmakers... In any agile form, unless you have, you know, Fournette running for 150 yards, you're not even remotely compatible. Compatible because who are you gonna throw the ball to? Like who could even guard you? I mean, throw the ball, throw the ball to. There's yeah, nobody I, really there. I mean, the uh, the game itself wasn't that interesting. To be fair, um, yeah. Deshaun Watson showed why he really is carrying that team and, and should be always in the conversation for the MVP. He had probably three or four passes or, or breakouts where. 100% should have been a sack. He should have been down. Yeah. He had one where he, you know, flipped it out the back uh, to the running back behind him whilst he was already wrapped up by two D linemen. He had another one where he managed to complete 10, 15 yards downfield whilst he was on the way to the ground. You know, he had, he had, a, he had a great game. But the but, big story from all yeah. of this, I think, is, is what happens to Jacksonville when they, they're on the bye week now and when they come out in week 11... They've just uh, they've just released a statement that they're going to be they're going to be putting Nick Foles back out there at, at quarterback. So I mean, what what are your thoughts on that? Well, before we get to Nick Foles, I think 
what they're doing because of it is they think they're actually trying to fix not the right thing. I don't think Gardner Mitchell is the problem. No, right? no, not at all. Um, and not only is Gardner Mitchell an MVP candidate, <laughs> but for a sixth round pick, he has performed way above anybody's expectation, right? And I could actually start him on at least five teams in the NFL right now. Absolutely. Right, and Jacksonville would be probably the sixth one on it. The big problem was is that Carlos Hyde rushed for them on 160 yards, on nine yards per carry. On 19 attempts, he rushed 160 yards. That's nine yards. Every, he almost rushed for a first down every single time. Every time he touched the ball, yeah. Almost, right? So that's, that, that's, the, that's a much, much bigger problem right now than, um, than the quarterback position. So... And they're thinking about, oh, well, they only put three points up. But, yeah, when you – um, the, the Texans controlled the entire, the entire game, right? They had like six minutes more, uh, more possession time. They decided when the first downs were not on. They decided the entire flow of the game. They were, decide, they were conducting the entire game. I don't think Jacksonville ever had a real chance, even if Gardner Minshew played better, right? <laughs> I, think it's, so, I think it's very yeah. unfair to judge Gardner Minshew on this one game because, yeah. first of all, it's in London. I mean, the, the Jags are sort of a bit of a dab hand when it comes to traveling overseas now. Um, they've done it for, what, five years in a row. Uh, they understand how it all works. But things happen when you come to London because of the time difference, because of the way that you've got to train out of your comfort zone. Even though it's a home game, it's, it's not really a home game. Yeah. Stupid stuff happens. And they're playing against a very high caliber team so very difficult to judge Minshew on this one game um why are bench why are they benching him then it, for me it has to be the money if you're throwing that much money at Nick Foles you want to play him he's got he's got a four-year contract worth 88 million dollars guaranteed 45 million dollars you know yeah. it's, it's if you're putting yeah, that money into it why would you why would you on paper, you're looking at this, a middling, middle-of-the-road team. You've got a sixth-round QB who's having a all-right innings. You know, he's, yeah. he's doing okay, not great, not bad. Or you've got a Super Bowl-winning quarterback who you thought was going to be the new face of your franchise. You've guaranteed him $45 million. You've got to, you know, you, you, you've got to put him in at that point, haven't you? I don't know. Like the thing is, what do you, I don't, I don't. I think they're a little bit overrating right now, uh, Nick Foles. But but then again, he won a Super Bowl, so I can't really talk about that. We're go, we're just gonna have to wait and see. Quite honestly, I like Minshew a lot more than I do Nick Foles. Um, but I always have, and we will see if Nick Foles even can stay healthy. So maybe they're just you know saying trying to knock him out. <laughs> so like, well, you take two more hits, and then we're anyways done with you. So I don't know. Gonna have to see. I don't think anybody will trade for Folds right now because nobody knows how healthy he is. Um, if Folds does come back and make a good, you know, good run at it right now, uh, where is Jacksonville right now um, on the list? I think they can still they still have a shot at the playoffs, right? So if they if he makes some good run, maybe they'll try Minshew because I think Minshew could easily start at like should we start? He could start at the Jets, Giants, Buffalo. He probably won't. Bengals. Like you can make a case Miami and Pittsburgh right now. Like you can like there is some value in Minshew right now. So if if for like there is a it's a win win for it's in the end is it's this one. Um 
the Jacksonville Jaguars are not going to lose any more money. So you're mm-hmm. going to have to pay that money no matter what it is, right? So it's a win-win. If Nick Foles is amazing, they have a good quarterback for the future. And they can trade Minshew and make money with him, right? Mm-hmm. Because they're going to get some good stuff for him. If he sucks, right, you still have paid him that money. And you're probably going to have the most expensive backup quarterback of all time on your thing. But Minshew is a good replacement. So I don't think they're losing right now here. I think they just need to see right now where they are with Foles. And then, you know, decide at the end of the season. Absolutely. Okay. Um, so let's 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 go through some of the uh, some of the dead space games and just add a okay. few comments on there. So we had the yeah. uh, Redskins uh, took another heavy loss against the Bills. Um, yeah. I don't think this is a big surprise. Surprise, <laughs> no. Um, the Bills obviously shut out the Redskins' offense. Um, Dwayne Dwayne Haskins looked like a fish out of water. Quite yeah. honestly, right now, um, but I think anybody would with the Redskins. Okay, um, but I mean, there's there's not really much to say about that game. It was it was a dead space game. Um, the Titans and the Panthers. This is the first time the Panthers have beaten the Titans at home, which is ridiculous. Um, but that's that's uh, that's another pretty dead game. Bigger news out of uh, out of the Panthers organization at the moment is that Cam Newton's now been placed on IR. Yeah. Um, and that's him done for the season. Is that a bad me? thing? Yes, I think he's not going to be part of the Panthers at the end of the season. I did say, uh, you know, week one, when, when he was having issues and he wasn't really completing very well and he changed up his throwing motion, there's a chance that Cam Newton could be following in Andrew Luck's footsteps. He's taken too many hits. He's made his money. Yeah, maybe he calls it calls time at the end of the season. Um, I think he needs, he, needs the, he needs to flash like the lights on him too much. He needs the lights on him too much for to step away. But I think Cam Newton is done with the Panthers, quite honestly. I think he's asked himself to be asked, placed on um, IR right mm-hmm. now. Um, I think he can play. I think it's just going to... like I think it's... If I was his agent, that's what I would tell him, right? Bro, that, let him tell, put you on IR. Rehab 100% for once, right? Rehab 100%. Work mm-hmm. on whatever you have to work on. And there is... Right now, like I can again, do you want me to go through all the teams which need a quarterback? Right, no, no. we've already done it. I <laughs> so, think we've already covered this in a previous exactly. Podcast, so, so, I think that's where that's where we are. I think mm-hmm. he's gonna be, I don't think he's gonna be part of the Panthers. Actually, I've thought this week one when you said this, I should have said it out then, but I'm never gonna hold back on that again because that would have been a great prediction. <laughs> would have been absolutely, would have been okay. Um, let's kill another dead space game as well. Seahawks, Russell Wilson had five, uh, five passing touchdowns, career high for him, uh, yeah. against the Buccaneers. 40 to 34. One thing about the Bucks, they can put points on the board. They really they, can. They can't against anybody really right now, right? For a two and six team, they must be, they must be, oh, I have to look into it, but they must be, like the points for and against on them must be ridiculous because they're losing games <laughs> left, right and center, but they're putting 30 yeah. points up every week. That's crazy. Like if, I'm, I'm not a big James Winston kind of guy, right? No. Uh, but their offense is what, and the fact that there's no defense whatsoever being played, like Shaq Barrett has disappeared as our, as my, you know, favorite for defensive player of the year. He's completely disappeared. As people have realized, he's the only player on that game uh, team who can do anything. They've sort of neutralized him and, you know, just playing sort of both of them. I think Russell Wilson has made a very good case for MVP right now. Yeah. Um, especially with Aaron Rodgers losing. Yeah. So I'm not saying that the loss itself 
I'm not saying that the loss itself is um, the big problem, but the big problem is the fact that, you know, he didn't put up points <laughs> for like the second week. It's mm. that so. But okay. Anyways, Seahawks win. Bucks suck. Winston is very confusingly good. Okay. Packers uh, at Chargers. Whoa. Yeah, we've just spoken about it. Oh my God! Like the Chargers, the Chargers is um, the Chargers had like one of the very easiest schedules and have had have had taken no advantage of that. They're gonna come. They come in, play a you know a Super Bowl contender. You want to see, or at least someone who's contending for the NFC Championship, and just destroy them. Eleven twenty-six. Yeah, but they're still a four and five team. They've lost to some absolute dross. They've abs- absolutely, know. you know, me- made a mess of their schedule, and then. They take out the Packers, so who are on top form at the moment. We thought that coming into this game, we thought that the Rogers Lafleur relationship was really blossoming. Yeah, yeah. you get that Lafleur blossoming. Anyway, um, and and it was really coming into stride, but apparently not. So do you uh, think? Do you think it was? Do you, uh, I, I think they just got complacent. I think this was just a complacency game. Like when you when you when you look at it, like he's not completing like the easy throws he would make, mm-hmm. because for him easy throws, right? <laughs> for anybody else, tough, sure. tough. But for him, he wasn't like complete completing the easy throws. So you're just looking at it like I think he just got a little complacent. But Aaron Rodgers tends to do that once or twice a, uh, a year, where he's thinking like he's the shit. You know, everybody's talking about him in the MVP conversation, mm-hmm. and he's like, well, yeah, I got everything is going. We're beating everybody. We are, you know, a seven and one at that stage. You know, it's just between me and Russell Wilson. And then he gets a little complacent. It's still the NFL, even if you play against the Chargers, right? Phil Rivers is still a formidable, formidable opponent, right? Probably the best quarterback to play and not never ever be in a Super Bowl, right? Um, so, you know, you're still going to have to play. Move on. Um, I actually want to break down this one a little bit more. So we had the Vikings took a loss at the Chiefs. Okay. Uh, the Chiefs, who are still rolling strong with Matt Moore at quarterback. Um, obviously, Mahomes is out. We don't know how long he's going to be out for. Yeah. Really, is this just a case of keeping their playoff hopes alive until he comes back? Or, or is Matt Moore going to be the guy to go forward for the rest of the season with them? Um, I think that Mahomes will be back. I think he will be back in time to put the pressure on the Patriots again. And I think that's uh, week, uh, week 12 or something like that. Yeah. Um, I think... This was a great game, really fun to watch, and all tied off with a Harrison Butker game-winning uh, field goal, you know, walk-off field goal for 44 yards. I think it was a great game. Yeah, I mean, in general, you know, if you have the reigning MVP healthy, you play him. Yeah. Um, at that stage, before Jacoby Bissett, I always said that Matt Moore was the best backup quarterback in football. Yeah. And he's done his part. He will always do his part. Like... He didn't need to help. He definitely needed some help from Tyreek Hill, right? Yeah. So Tyreek Hill, obviously, that guy is just pure speed, isn't he? He is yeah. absolutely wicked fast. Did you see the play where um, there was a there was a break through the line of scrimmage from the running back? Yeah. And he's the running back's behind the defense. Tyreek Hill's somewhere somewhere in the middle of the field. Tyreek Hill then breaks upfield to come come and help out his guy. Come and chaperone him into the end zone, and he runs past the entire defense for the Vikings and then also outruns the running back who probably had a, a 15-yard head start on him and beats him to the end zone. Unbelievable speed, that guy. But uh, as a receiver, he's been helping out, he's been helping out uh, Mahomes for a while now and really played a big part in this, in this, 
um, yeah. this defeat for, for, for the Chiefs as well. I but. think you can really, like, especially on the Vikings side, you could really see what happens when you take, when Dalvin Cook doesn't rush for 200 yards, mm-hmm. right? Um, so the Chiefs have made made it clear that, you know, we don't believe that Kirk Cousins is that, you know, great quarterback everybody thinks they say he is. It's just a quarterback who can play when he have a 150-yard rusher every single game. And no, Kirk Cousins has not thrown a single interception this game, which is good. He's 19 for 35, 50-yard completion, uh, 50% completions, 220 yards, three touchdowns. All three touchdowns were short passes. Okay. Yeah. So one is into BZ Johnson. Fuck ever that is. You know, Ami Abdullah, two running backs that is. And one is to Kyle Rudolph and the end zone. So it's like a fact of, well, I wouldn't put like that entire offensive performance on him right now. He just didn't do he just didn't do anything to look terrible. See well, what I mean? I mean and, but and it, it was it goes step back, back. Running, the whole running back thing that we were talking about when we've been yeah. we've been waxing lyrical about for a while now. So if you can contain him, Dalvin Cook, you contain him. He had he averaged um, 3.4 yards on every yeah. count. He had a couple of quick passes out the backfield, but he actually only received, only caught four of seven targets. You know, you yeah. keep Dalvin Cook under 100 yards, then that yeah. offense has nothing to go for. Whereas yeah. if you look at the Chiefs, the Chiefs with Damien Williams in the backfield, he averaged over, you know, te- like I said before, o- averaged over 10 yards of play. Every time he touched the ball, he got a first down. At well, least. he did have a 92-yard rush to do, so... Okay, but still, you get... You yeah, get I get it. I get, I get your point. You're, you're getting 12 carries, and you're averaging over 10 yards a carry. Yeah. Then your offense is, is going to be a powerhouse. It's going yeah. to happen, and you can help out your, your backup QB dramatically with that sort of thing. What I, what I do want to say right now is, though, um, like, this is the way to beat... You know, as you said, this is the way to beat the Vikings right now. You contain Dalvin Cook to less than, you know, four, four, three yards a carry. Mm-hmm. And you play everybody up top, right? Mm-hmm. So you you really force him to make a tough throw because he just can't. All his touchdowns are to the flats, yeah, right? Which is fair because they gave him that space. But you're not going to win a game like that. Mm-hmm. Do you see what I mean? So just like, well, you can't beat us over the top. You're not going to run the ball. You, you know, that's done. Done with done. Like Mahomes would have put up 50 points on that. Do you see what I mean? Oh yeah, 100%. <laughs> like he would have put up 50 points on that, and then it would have been a different game. Mm-hmm. And they would have had to force him to throw because he still wasn't forced to throw deep. That's how how the game became even any remotely close. It's just it looks for Kirk Cousins a lot better than it was. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm not a fan of uh, of quarterbacks who are paid a lot of money to not do what they have to do. I'd rather you know try out young guys because like th- his performance. Could have been done by like a fourth rounder, a fifth rounder, a sixth rounder, who's not costing you 88 million or 86, whatever it is. I mean, Guaranteed. Probably worth a discussion for another podcast, a future podcast. Yeah. Are we approaching an era where we've got so many talented quarterbacks coming through from college? So many quarterbacks that are, you know, people are playing longer as well. You've got yeah. Tom Brady, 42 years old in the league. Yeah, yeah. People playing longer. You've got a massive amount of talent coming through from, yeah. from college. Are we entering a sort of era where quarterbacks are potentially growing on trees a little bit and we're, we're running towards that running back type thing where why are you going to pay someone all this money? why are you paying Kirk Cousins millions and millions why are you paying Jimmy Garoppolo 100 million for something that actually you can probably pick up if you if, you, if the yeah. rest of your team is correct you can probably pick up a quarterback that will get you the job done 
I think you see what we are, what we see right now. I think every single owner sees as well, mm. because I can make a case for okay. Let's. I know we are dri driving away from the subject, but this is actually quite interesting right now. Let's talk about over like in if it's if the entire NFL is a business, right? Obviously, the quarterbacks are the most highest paid part of it, right? Yeah. So I'd say who can be uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, 100 million, 100%. I think it's 96 million guaranteed for Kirk Cousins. Um, These guys are good. Yeah, they're, yeah. They're not that much better. I, I don't think they are even like too average. You see what I mean? It's not that like if you are, you have to be really good to be paid that kind of money. Yeah. And not be in the middle tier or low tier even, right? I say Nick Foles way too overpaid. Andy Dalton, way too overpaid. Um, Matt Ryan, way too overpaid. Do you see what I mean? James Winston, way too overpaid. Uh, um, way too overpaid. <laughs> Derek Carr, way too overpaid. So do you see what I mean? Those are, those are things where I think everybody's looking around. Everybody gets like sort of around the, you know, 80, 100 million. That was like 17, so that's 700 million dollars going out of the industry into pockets which are not performing. Then, and when they're not performing, you're not putting seats in the stands, you're not putting fans in the stands, you're not selling jerseys. So, as you said, instead of spending that 700 million on very, very average, on below average performance, would you not rather say, spend, well, if like a like a rookie quarterback, like in the fourth round, right? What's he, what's he going to cost you? A million, right? Okay, well, look at Gardner Minshew, a sixth round. Six right, round. look at Gardner Minshew, a sixth round, right? Would you not rather have three quarterbacks on your on your roster, which are all like costing you a million, and try each of them out because I think you can get the very same performance out of that, and then spend your money on offensive line, on defensive line, on mm -hmm. receivers and stuff like that? So I think it's a very strong discussion to be heard. The problem which you have is obviously the collective bargaining agreement, giving everybody, you know, quarterbacks now less money than in the in the past. But I think it's down to the owners to not draft so high. Yeah, right. I mean, you've got quarterbacks who are out there at the moment who are not getting paid a lot of money. They're yeah. getting paid well. They're not getting paid a lot of money, though. They're not getting paid yeah. $100 million, who are performing very well. I mean, yeah. for example, Teddy Bridgewater, get it, he's a backup, so he's never going to get yeah. paid that well, but he still had a very good run of games at New Orleans. Um, I think the guy, the man of the moment, really, who is probably nowhere near paid his worth compared to what he's performing, though, is Lamar Jackson. Uh, and Dak. And Dak Prescott. Yeah. Uh, you have to look at the the record between the Ravens, who are six and two, and have arguably had a much tougher schedule. And Atlanta, for example, than one and Atlanta. seven. But even even the Vikings, yeah, who have had a fairly easy schedule, and their quarterbacks getting paid three times as much as Lamar Jackson. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll we'll roll this on, and we can talk about the. Yeah, but we're gonna. So. I'm gonna. We're gonna put some little bit more research on it because I think we can make a case for you know, value versus what you're actually being paid right now. And yeah. uh, we're going to put it in another podcast, but we got to move on this one now. Yeah, let's, let's roll on and talk about Lamar Jackson and, and the Patriots because yeah. I think, well, we, we said this was going to be the toughest game for the Patriots so far. We, it was obvious for everybody. Yeah, I don't think I expected a, a, an absolute loss um, by as much of a margin as it was. Yeah. But are we ready to start saying, fine, Lamar Jackson... Has got it yet, or are we still again on this? My the problem I have with Lamar Jackson is he cannot make the NFL throws outside of the hashes. Mm -hmm. Done. That hasn't changed. It's still the same, right? He's a dynamic playmaker, and people are obviously having like issues with um, preparing for him because yeah. of all the different things he can do. I still think 
it's not as bad as people make it out to be because they're still respecting the outsides, which they just shouldn't. Mm. Do you understand? Like, it's it's a matter of when a team commits that much to running the ball, you have to commit defensively, right? You have to really commit defensively. Let the receivers run overhead. Let them do that. Let Demar Jackson beat you deep, literally. Let him, like, cover everything up between the first 10 yards or up to the 15 maybe. Let him make that pocket throw. You know that cover one, right? That cover one zone, cover one man. Let Play those kind of defenses. Let everybody else in the box and make sure you get a head-on-head on every single person there. I think you can I think you can do some damage there. It's just, again, as I said last week, I think the defenses have historically been just built differently. And I thought Bill Belichick would realize that and be doing it differently. He hasn't. He hasn't, so they still run all over them. Mark Ingram for 150 yards, Lamar Jackson for 60 and um, for 61, Gus Edwards for um, 27. Do you know what I mean? He's thrown you uh, 160 yards. So it's right now the the bigger problem I saw was the uh, Patriots' offense. Quite honestly, yeah. it was it was severely lacking, and I don't think they were able to keep up with the pace that that Baltimore were putting up on them. Yeah. Yeah, because first of all, I don't think Tom Brady can right now pick a game on his shoulders and win it. <laughs> That's one thing. He does need a very substantial running game and good defensive effort. When a yeah. defense gives away 40 points, it's tough for him to win, right? He's not going to put up 40 points for you. Um, there, James White only rushed nine times, right? So, like, he did have, he averaged, like, every single running back averaged 4.5 yards per carry. Michelle, Burkett, and White. But they only rushed, they rushed less than 50, 20 times overall. Yeah. So, like, if you do that more, more if, you're not, if you're not playing catch-up, I think the Patriots are winning the game. Um, they were in the end zone, uh, they were in the red zone twice where they had to settle for a field goal, where there could have been, like, more points on that right now. So, so it's like, I don't, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not ready to dethrone the Patriots. And I'm also not ready to put um, Lamar Jackson into, like, very high elite quarterback level because I think... It's just right now people having to just figure them out once they once they realize that you really really can just ignore the outsides, right? I think they're gonna have a better time. Yeah, I completely agree. I completely agree with with that. Um, so what you're saying about the Patriots and that their running backs were um, were averaging averaging four four and a half yards a carry. I think that's great. Um, but do you reckon that there's a problem with this on the, the pace that? Baltimore were able to put points on the board. Was it a case of Baltimore came out there, put 10 points up in the first quarter, and then from then on, New England were playing catch-up. They were already on the back foot. Yeah. So if you're trailing and you're, you know, you're, you're two scores down, it's very, you know, from early on, it's very difficult to actually to say, okay, we're all calm, don't yeah. worry, we'll stick with the game plan. We'll still continue to establish the run, yeah, and we'll, we'll pass over. Top. Or at that point, are they saying, "Shit, we need to get some points back quick, Brady? Yeah, I think can you just put this game on your shoulders, put it through the air, you know, like you would with Aaron Rodgers or someone like that, who's going to be in the same conversation as Brady all the yeah. time, or Russell Wilson or somebody like that? We say, quick, we need to get back and and even this game up. Throw a couple of touchdowns for us." Then we'll go back to doing the run. Yeah. So I think like the the, the, go, the game looks a lot further away than what it actually was. Okay, Twenty, like 17 spread is a lot, and it is really what it happened. But if you think about it, as you said, Baltimore went up 10, and they were like, okay, fine, we gotta roll, we gotta play this game now. Um, New England put up 13 points, 
um, outscored them in the second half, which is all right. Uh, in the in the in the second quarter, which is all right, kept up with them in the third quarter, which is all right. And then when you score no points in the fourth quarter, yeah, right. And Baltimore scored 13. You're gonna lose the game. That's like you, they 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 were scoreless for the first and the fourth quarter. And you can see that they were running out of steam, right? They couldn't like the defense had no answer for Lamar Jackson's running, which is again, let's, I think I think the way they're looking at it and saying like, well, he's been establishing the run for so much, he should be start, starting to pass at some point, but he never did because he never does, right? And you know they were tired. Tom Brady couldn't do it really that much anymore. They weren't running the ball so like. You know, you're going to have to put up some points in the fourth quarter. And I think they were just running out of steam and out of answers. And I think they're just, they're going to come back. They're going to look at it overall again. They're going to see that they actually were playing good football from the second quarter onwards. And just at the fourth quarter, I think they started to panic a little bit. Yeah, that's where we are. All right. So let's, let's move on. Um, do you have anything that you want to say about the Bears and the Eagles? No. No. Me neither. Nothing like uh, Tubisky is garbage. He's always been. Everybody knows he's garbage, so we just need even to talk about that one. Um, Carson Wentz had a pretty good game, given that credit where credit. Yeah, Carson Wentz is good. Uh, he's a good quarterback. You know, he just he's just and still like he's still not looking totally healthy to me. They still have no weapons whatsoever, so there's nothing to talk about it. Um, we'll we'll see what else. I don't think that none of them are anywhere in in contention for the um, for the for a playoff spot. Um, let's move onwards. Let's pace through a couple of games which. We don't think we're too shocked about. I think the bronze, uh, Browns Broncos game 1940 at 24 to the Broncos. Nobody really gives a fuck about yeah. both those two teams. Oh, yeah. I mean, the backup quarterback got on the field for the Broncos. Allen had a good game uh, for his debut. Yeah, May- I mean, Baker Mayfield is in, in his sophomore slump, and like no superstar power in the world is going to save him from that. So he's going to. You know, come back, recuperate himself. That's not the end of the world. I still like better make a field as a quarterback. I think he's got still talent. I think he can still make the throws. He just doesn't no sense. And everybody's unhappy there. So you're not going to win games like that. Mm-hmm. To the next one, um, you've got the Cowboys and the Giants. Again, I do have no respect for the Giants right now. Uh, the Cowboys put up 37 points like in a row, I think it was. I think they were lead- I think the Giants were leading 10 nothing. Yeah. Like they were leading at some point. A cat came on there. On the on the field, <laughs> I think it was nine three where Cat came on the field. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I mean and, the cat got the cat got more airtime than the Giants' offense, didn't it? So, yeah. yeah, it was terrible. So and then you know the Cowboys first. I'm not gonna make a judgment on the Cowboys right now because they're playing a trash team, mm-hmm. which is no defense whatsoever. Um, not I really don't want to talk about the Lions and the Raiders because the Raiders were just running all over them. Um, Derek Carr made some very good throws. Matthew Stafford was just bombing it down the field as as he always does, and it's just not enough. It is just not enough. And it's the probably saddest record right now because the team is much better than 3-4-1. Three, three and four, one. Yeah, and, But oh. there's no there's no way of being in the playoffs right now. So they're going to have to see where they stand right now. I hope they're not going to trade Slay, okay? Because it's looking like they're starting to trade people away now. I don't know how they're going to... Oh, I think the deadline is over anyways. Deadline. I think it's over anyways, yeah. So I'm glad that they, they kept that quarterback, cornerback because he's really, really good. Mm-hmm. What did you think of them? Um, I think it's a crying shame, like you said, for the um, for the Lions because Stafford Stafford every year is in the conversation for um, passing leader uh, every year every year and and he's having a, a typical Matthew Stafford, Stafford season. Lee. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 
where he's he's throwing some picks, he's throwing a hell of a lot of touchdowns, and he's he is a stat monster when it comes to uh, yards. Um, but but you have the usual: no running game, no run defense. No, exactly. So I, I don't really have too much to say on that. Good. Moving on to your team, very very close and good win for yeah. the Steelers over the Colts, 26-24. It's it's a it's a win that the Steelers. In fact, both teams really needed to be fair. But um, yeah. it takes the Steelers to four and four. I, are they I, still? Are you still in contention? I don't think that's going to keep us in the in the talk for the playoffs. I really don't. Um, wow. If we if we win out from here, then great. You know, we might we might make that happen. But also, I don't really see where it goes from there. Do, do you know what I mean? Because mm. if we actually make it to the playoffs, if we actually get into the wild card round, and yeah, we you're not going to beat Baltimore. We're not, we're not going to beat whoever we go against. And yeah. at that point, is there any is there any benefit for it? Um, obviously, everybody plays to win, but pff, come on, not really happening. But this game was was a was a very tight game for the whole the whole. You know, series. I think we went into the half uh, trailing by three points. Both opened up the first quarter with scoring as a field goal. Um, Indy put 13 points up in the second quarter. Pittsburgh yeah. came right back with it. We were pretty much tied up into it's the half. It's a good game, right? It was, and it, it was all the way through to the final whistle. Was very very close. Do you uh, think? Do you think they would have? Do you think Colts would have won if Jacoby Brissett stayed in? I think they would have. Yeah, um, Hoyer. Whilst he did seem to be, you know, quite on top of his game, he had he had a, a good run at it. Brissett is gonna always be a better quarterback than him. Did yeah. you see? Did you see the play that actually took him out though? Because he took no. he took two hits in the same play, which made me physically flinch. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I saw those hits, and, and I'm surprised he hasn't got a broken leg. He he had one. I think it was um so. As he was dropping back, the, the lineman in front of him was bull rushed back and stamped on his ankle as he was oh dropping God. back on his that left ankle. Like shit. Um, exactly. But he stayed up and then he managed to get the ball off. And as he got the ball off, the same lineman then fell backwards and landed on his knee. And it was just like two hits right there, which could have been career ending hits. You know, he could yeah, he could have shattered. This is why Andrew Luck is watching this and like, that's why I left. Yeah, he could have broken everything in his knee he could have broken his tip fib he could have broken his ankle it could have been a career ending and uh, it's Alex just a little bit sad for them because obviously they are still in contention for the playoffs mm-hmm. um again i think if we look at the afc in total it's going to be an afc game between baltimore and the pittsburgh mm-hmm. uh between baltimore and oh actually i don't know i, I just saw ken city still in this as well right yeah I of course, yeah. forget about them but obviously, there's no, it's between, you know, Patriots, Baltimore, Kansas City. I don't think anybody else can anywhere compete in that right now. It's just, you know, if who's going to see who first, right? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. apart from that, I don't think, like, if I, I think Indianapolis is going to make the playoffs, but I don't think they can do any damage. Mm-hmm. So that's the, that's where we stand. I do like Mason Rodolph, quite honestly. He's, he's for a backup quarterback, he's doing good. Um, how much do you have left with... Ben Roethlisberger. What do you think? I think he's. I think he's done. I think he's after the season. Oh, no, in terms forever. of after this season. Yeah, yeah. I think we would be lucky to get two more years out of him. Yeah. So. It'd be. I'd be. I'd be interesting to see because it doesn't seem like. Like I don't know from from everything which has been sort of happening with him. Mm-hmm. Like there's been a lot of criticism on his side as well. So I hope 
you know he can recuperate and he hope he I hope he really takes this time to you know reflect on on his game and trying to step it up a little bit as well. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And and you know the the, the Steelers have been a playoff team for a long time. They've been they've yeah. been always knocking on the door at the Super Bowl and 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 making a playoff run every year. So um, if we don't make the playoffs this year, fine, have a little rebuild, come strong I, back. Yeah, I don't think you like you don't have to have that much, right? I'd give you. I'd give you another receiver would be good, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, right now, well, you do have Juju Smith-Schuster, which is not even the most targeted receiver, not even like this third most targeted receiver on the team right yeah. now. Um, so I think you, some, obviously, uh, what's his name? Andrew, uh, Antonio Brown did have some effect, and him leaving is, a, is having clear effect. The problem and was with, that, with Antonio Brown, whilst he was the clear number one receiver, and he was being locked down on double, triple coverage all the time. Yeah. Still made plays. Yeah. Juju, now that he's being locked down, isn't not making the, the same sort of play. And he's not even getting the looks right now because he's not open. As it's the, it's a backup quarterback. He's not gonna risk yeah. that ball. Exactly. So, um, with with no standout quarterback, with no standout running back really, um, and no standout receiver, the offense is always going to struggle. Yeah. All right. Good. Okay. <laughs> So that brings us to the end for the week. Um, we're going to skip over our predictions this week um, because, frankly, I don't want to. I don't want to get everything wrong again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we've had a couple of weeks where we just put everything wrong, uh, and we're in a bit of a rush this week. So we'll get it all out. Um, make sure you're following us on all of our social media uh, at fake underscore punt on Instagram and Twitter. And then also, if you're listening to us on iTunes, give us a nice shiny five star rating and leave us a review. It really helps the podcast out. All right. Thank you very much for your time. Peace.